This is Revisiting Haven. Hello, Havenites. This is Revisiting Haven. My name is Amy. I'm here with Amy. Say hi. Hi, this is the other Amy. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Guys, I am so sorry. We are behind, and it's only my fault. I've been out sick, various injuries, much better now, on the road to recovery, back with Amy, talking about who, what, where, when to go today. But yeah. before we do that, let's talk about a little bit what's going on with Haven. Okay. And well, Amy has some notes on that because I've just oh. been out of it. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we're glad to have you back. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so a couple Haven updates. I think a lot of our Haven fans are in the loop on these things, but let's talk about them anyhow. We know um, Sean Pillar's in Halifax today, Sunday, March 21st. I mean, Saturday, March <laughs> 21st on his way. What is the date today, Amy? 22nd. Saturday, March 22nd. Sorry, I was going to let you let it go, but... Gosh, I'm so bad. <laughs> um, this weekend, eight, March yeah. 22nd, 23rd. Sean Pillar's in Halifax on his way to Chester. Yay! <laughs> uh, so the Haven crew's getting uh, getting together in Chester to start season five. It's my understanding the cast doesn't actually report till the end of the month, um, maybe like April 21st, around, around there. Um, but it's getting close. We're almost there. Which is very exciting. And again... Remember, we are not connected to the show. This is based on things we've seen on in the past seasons and right. Twitter rumblings that we've heard. So, you know, this is all speculation, but exciting speculation nonetheless. Yeah. Um, well, for Sean Pillar, that's on his Instagram. The rest of it is kind of like what, Amy, what you just said, kind of based on previous years. So anyhow. And then other um, Haven updates, we, we saw, sadly, Duke's, Duke's boat was sinking um, uh, I did see some pictures. Uh, Sean Pillar, I think, has a picture on his Instagram, if you'd like to see yeah. it. And there were a couple news articles in uh, a couple of the Canadian papers. Uh, so I personally haven't been online to check if there's an update. Last I saw it, it was almost completely submerged. Um, but we know that the sets are just that sets. And uh, they do shoot on the, the exterior of the boat. And they've shot on the boat. But the sets, when they're living in the boat, Duke... We know that that is on the Haven set, so that won't be compromised. But what's going to happen? Will the Cape Rouge live on in Haven? We don't know. Maybe mm -hmm. they'll build something kind of a, a model, possibly, just for this. Right. Tw 26 it, episodes. Yes. They were going to try to refloat the boat, the real-life boat, but mm -hmm. I don't know if the Haven uh, TV show is going to be able to use it again. I don't know. And then lastly, um, Colin Ferguson is the new Maytag man. It's been kind of fun to see him. Uh, to see the uh, commercials and things with Colin Ferguson as the Maytag man, because last time we saw him, he was being evil William. It's actually really cool, and Amy just told me about this, and it's at maytag.com slash maytag-man, and I'll have the link on, this, on the page. He's hilarious. It's pretty funny. There's lots of fun clips up there and uh, videos and, and commercials, and it's, it's pretty funny if you have the time to look through it. So apparently when William fell through the door, he ended up the Maytag man. There you go. That's what happens. <laughs> so so the other thing uh, I want to talk about really quickly is that sales for San Diego Comic-Con, which I keep talking about because it's coming up, and I imagine that E1 Entertainment and um, or Entertainment One and Sci-Fi will have a presence there, especially for Haven. So... The sales went on about two weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. I was able to get a few tickets, so 
I will definitely be there. And hopefully, Yay! I'm very excited. So hopefully on the days uh, that the Haven panel is there, because the tickets ran out so quickly, I only got uh, Sunday and Thursday, I think, Friday and Saturday up in there, but I can volunteer for three hours and get in. So that's the whole point behind volunteering. Right. So I will definitely be there. Very excited. If you did not get a ticket, it is not – your chances are still open. There is an opportunity around May, end of May, June, after people return their ticket, meaning they bought the ticket and they're like, ah, oh, I can't go. Let me return it. They get a refund. The ticket goes back on sale around May, June. Okay. okay. And that's a resale, essentially. So you still have a chance. And so- – just keep your eye out. Hope is not completely lost just yet. Yes. And, okay. you know, the other thing I guess we should also talk about is last year, Haven had a panel at the Nerd HQ. Yes. This year, Nerd HQ is raising money so that they can have a Nerd HQ. Right. This does not mean that there is a Haven panel, but this also doesn't mean that there isn't a Haven panel. Yeah, it's just too soon to know. Right. Uh what I'm doing is bringing it to your attention that Nerd HQ is raising money to try and have a Nerd HQ panel, which may or may not have Haven. If you are so inclined to help with this crowdfunding uh, project, the link is on the site. You're more than welcome to, to help out. I know Zach Levy is very excited to try and get your support. And they've done some great things, and they does go to charity, the things that they do. So. Definitely uh, look into it, at least to get some information or learn more about the charity, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, but it's up to you whether or not you want to donate. It's between you and your wallet. Right. And the charity is Operation Smile. A fantastic charity doing great work. So the information will be on the webpage. Check it out and make your own decision. Okay. So I think we can go ahead and talk about who, what, where, when to go. Yeah, season two. Season two. One of my favorite episodes of season two. It's the 10th episode. It comes right after lockdown. Yep, right on the heels of lockdown. And right before business as usual, which is also a big uh, episode of season two. Yes, yes, big. So the reason I like this episode, before we go into what happened and everything. Yeah, tell um, me why you like it, because <laughs> I'm not going to call it one of my favorites. But Yeah, I, I think it's the... Uh, the uh how audrey is okay and i it's hard to describe she's very um forceful yeah very yeah. confrontational mm-hmm. she's very no holds barred yep 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 and i really enjoy seeing emily rose act this way and and audrey's character right. and she's very protective and she's very upfront about what's going on it's like you know what gloves are off yeah, oh, that I love that. I love that the spin on it or that point of view. That's a good, it's uh, a good, in, good insight. Thank you. If you think about it, look, look at this. She takes the gloves off, right? Because lockdown, you know, and and there's a my favorite interaction between Audrey and Nathan about how yeah, but I didn't just go through a breakup, uh-huh. <laughs> right? And they go back and forth with that. But in this episode and in the next episode, business as usual, right? And then sins of the father. Audrey is kind of becoming more the gloves are off uh-huh. me and the the rev let's go this is it right right and so i i kind of enjoy this aspect and it's also an an interesting perspective on her relationship with nathan and her relationship with duke yes we see a lot of that in this episode yeah 
Well, I love your take on Audrey. To me, um, I see, I saw a lot of Duke. There's a lot of Duke, a lot of the Rev, and we see some of Dwight in this episode as well. Um, so I enjoyed all those aspects. And to me, this episode is just creepy. I mean, I thought um, the Tides That Bind was creepy with the mermen living under the water. Oh, no. <laughs> Nothing can stop <laughs> cannibalism. <laughs> I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the fact that it's kids being cannibals. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that. I, I do enjoy the fact that all the, all our favorites are in this episode. Yeah, we see everyone. There's lots of interactions. Um, this episode's had so many awesome quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe um, we can put some of those up on the website, Amy. I know you always do the quotes, but yeah. oh my gosh, look, I could spend half an hour right now just going over all the awesome quotes of this episode. So we won't do that, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we will we will refrain from doing that. But we'll post them on the website. They will be on the website. In fact, uh, Amy can send me the ones that she really likes, and I will star them. Awesome, as as doubled agreed upon favorites, <laughs> or just include them if they're her favorite. And I just was not mine i don't think that would happen but we will definitely put a section there sounds good so this episode um and amy can talk a little bit more about it but really brings the rev and his posse i guess for for lack of a better term to the forefront and it kind of puts nathan right in the middle of it yeah nathan ends up being in the middle of everything in this episode Mm -hmm. um well the rev we know everything about him you know he's been talking about starting a war and choosing sides and we see his hatred of the trouble how that's been building through seasons one and two uh he wants the trouble dead he thinks that he needs to go to extremes to deal with the curse and protect his flock and cleanse the town and this is when we it all comes to a head in this episode and one interesting thing excuse me interesting thing about the rev i remember sam Ernst's quote where he said to him, you know, the Rev always thinks he's doing the right thing, which was kind of interesting because the Rev does kind of come across like, I'm doing what I need to save this town and protect my people. Um, and I think the rest of us just see him as being pretty evil. Well, it's interesting you say that because, right, the, what's the adage that the road to hell is paved with good intentions? There you go. Yeah. Right. That's a very good. Yeah. And I understand that the Rev sees what he's doing as being a good thing the problem with with people who have that mindset and this gets philosophical is they think they're doing the right thing but they're not looking at the bigger picture right right because there are other things that are coming you that are pertain uh that kind of fall into this and what they do because of it affects everyone right and and uh, as we know too they get a lot of followers in haven the rev has his followers yeah um so they tend to bring people along with them or brainwash people or blindside people. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. So, I mean, what we see here with the Rev, I mean, that does happen in real life in the world. Yeah, it's discrimination. It's hate. It's mm-hmm. ugly. Yeah, blind, uh, closed-mindedness. Yeah, and it's a very ugly thing. And that's something that Nathan is trying to fight and prevent from overrunning the town. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Right, because mm-hmm. can you imagine that, that Haven and what it stands for and how it's a, a place for orphans? Mm-hmm. I, I forget what the direct quote was for it. but you know, God's haven, God's haven for orphans? Yeah, and then you have someone who's spewing hate and discrimination and trying to kick people out and kill people and get rid of them. You know, right. it's the opposite of what Haven is supposed to be. But because they feel that their intention is right, they don't see it that way. 
Yeah, and like you said, with Nathan trying to protect the town, well, the Rev's trying to protect the town, but we know Nathan as a police chief, and, you know, he's also protecting the town. I guess they're both coming at it from different angles, we could say. But we know in uh, the last episode of season one in Spiral, you know, Nathan says to Audrey, uh, after the Rev has been in the chief's office saying he wants to be chief, Nathan says the last thing Haven needs is the Rev and a self-righteous poison running things. Right, because it would yeah. churn everything. And um, I wonder... When you look at the very big picture of the fact that, you know, this is about Audrey's story uh-huh. or Mara's, however you want to look at it. <laughs> and the fact that I've always been curious, how does the Rev tie into the troubles? Aside from the fact that he's trying to get rid of them and those mm-hmm. afflicted by it. But does he have a part in the bigger picture? I- I'm... I'm going to say no, my take on that. I've never really thought of that question before, but my immediate answer is no. Well, we know that he knew about Simon Crocker, and he wanted Duke to be on his side so that Duke could uh, succeed where his father so tragically failed, as the Rev said. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, the Rev has been around, and he knows about the troubles in the town, but I don't see him having much to do with it beyond that. Well, it's just an interesting question I had because of the fact that everyone seems to have a past connected to years and years back, right? Right. And we know from um, the diary that there was a time when a great evil had come. Yes. And then were the troubles created to help stop that great evil? Or, I mean, the fact that Mara and William were creating these troubles just seems like it was just out of fun, you know, just to torture people. Right. was the Rev a part of a group? Was he a part of the group that, in his lineage, kicked yeah, out yeah. and threw Mara and William into the barn? I'm just wondering if it's going to tie back that way. I'd be That's very interesting. interesting. Yeah, I've never thought of that. And, and again, on the surface, I think no, but I, well, I never never came to mind to think of it in that, that light. You know, sometimes I think a little too deeply. Well, that's why we like Haven, because we all, every single one of us has our theories and our different thoughts, and then we can share them and talk them out, and that's what's so fun about it. That's true. That's true. And, you know, maybe I'm just reading into this, but it'll be interesting to see what the writers do. Curious, if anybody else has thought about that, please Mm -hmm. let me know. I'm on Twitter or on the site through a comment, whatever. And just, has anybody else wondered that? Just a thought, food for thought there. Let me know. (laughs) Let me know. Just... Wondering if I'm just losing my mind, which is possible as well. But let's get to the episode. Yeah, so, so talking about Duke and the Rev, man, yes. a lot goes on with those two in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, Duke was kind of just getting to the point where he was learning about everything. He was learning about the tattoo. He was trying to get the, get the secrets that the Rev has for him. He, uh, he was just at that point where he was going to get the Rev to tell him everything, and then Audrey shoots him. You know, Duke was going to learn about the Crocker legacy. Uh, we know he's been on this journey through most of season two, a little bit of season one, trying to find out what the tattoo means, who has the tattoo. Um, he found that small treasure box that eventually led him to the larger treasure box, which is in the subsequent ep- episode to Wendigo that we're talking about. But, you know, Duke's been on quite a journey. Yeah. yeah. And this was kind of going to be the culmination of it. When you're on and... a culmination of a journey and then all of a sudden you see that it's a roadblock. Yeah. It's not even a roadblock. It's a brick wall. <laughs> a roadblock you could try and get around. I don't know how you get around. Well, okay. 
roadblock. I have to go back to the roadblock due to what happens in Sins of the Father. Yeah. So a roadblock, um, it can be devastating. Absolutely. I mean, Duke had his, I mean, Duke was so convinced that he was going to get his answers from the Rev that he sided with the Rev in this episode, right? We had Nathan and Audrey fooled, if you, if we want to say it that way, uh, that he was on the Rev's side. Um, that's how desperate Duke was for his answers. Right. And the interesting part is, and so just a quick recap, this was the story where Rory Campbell ran out of a restaurant into the woods and a guy was chasing him, which was essentially a serial killer. And the troubled girl, uh, Aiden, Amelia, Amelia kind of came at him. And so it's the story of trying to find Rory. And they didn't really know about Amelia and her sisters. And so Nathan and Audrey are in the woods trying to find them. Bring in, they bring in Dwight. They bring in Dave and Vince. And they bring in Rory's father. Well, Rory's father kind of shows up, but I, I see oh. what you're saying. Yes, they allow him to search because he kind of insists on it. Right. And from what Amy's saying, Audrey called Duke, again, not telling Nathan, but Audrey called Duke, trusting him, and said, hey, this will take your mind off of your dead wife. Rest in peace, Evie. Um, why don't you join us? And he said no. Yes. And what happens? How do, how do we meet Duke and I think this is the part that I was like what oh well Duke shows up in this episode okay so he declines Audrey's offer to come help us you know I thought it might you know take your mind off of Evie if you come help me chase a serial killer right <laughs> so Duke in this episode we see him when he pulls the gun on Nathan and isn't that the yeah, first time we see that's... him after he hangs up on uh, his conversation with Audrey yes yeah he... I'm like Duke what are you doing come on and it's like what just happened Here's Duke, and here's the Rev. Yeah, and Duke is on his side. And Duke is on his side, and pointing the gun at Nathan, Audrey comes out and is like, hey, you two put your guns down. Yeah, I can drop both of you with one shot, you know? Right. And essentially, I can get... You guys will be down on the floor, probably not dead, but hurting, before you even get a shot off. And so they put their guns down, they play nice, and they all decide to work together. In quotes. I, I have air quotes going, but you can't see it. Work together. <laughs> okay? Work together. So, well, they kind of work together once, what, they all camp for the night, and we see that they're all together there, so. They are. But do they really work, work together? together? I mean, because yeah. Audrey is blown by this, right? Nathan, yeah. probably not so much. He's trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, Hopefully. I appreciate that about Nathan. He did definitely give Duke the benefit of the doubt after all he's been through with Evie and, you know, yeah. maybe this really isn't him showing his true self. Um, I'll, I'll give him some slack here. Here's when I kind of knew when the gloves were off is when Audrey didn't give Duke the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Right? Because she confronts him. He's like, hey, can I get some help? You know, tips, yeah. something. She's like, you point a gun at Nathan. Mm-hmm. Right? You, yeah. You're with the Rev. Get the hell out of my face. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing, Duke? Get away from me. Right. And I'm like, whoa, Audrey, what just happened? Because normally you would be on Duke's side. Right. Or at least give him a chance. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And right, and, and you see Duke's disbelief that she's like, come on. I'm playing him. Right. You're supposed you to know, know that. And you know what I liked about that scene? At first it does, like you say, Amy, it does kind of come across as their Duke and Audrey are kind of combatants on different sides of the issue. But then they kind of turns into a little bonding scene or whatnot where Duke says to Audrey, 
I'm into something big, but I don't have any idea what it is. And Audrey says, welcome to the club. Yeah. And Duke says, you know, I want answers too. It's kind of funny how in that little moment it, it turns around and it's kind of about Audrey. You know, she's lost too. She's trying to find her identity and her true self and what's her background. And Duke's yeah. trying to find some answers about himself and his background. So they kind of have that commonality in that moment. Um, and I, I enjoyed, I thought that was a good scene. I thought it ended up coming around to that point. Um, and it was a good scene between two of our main characters right there. I thought it was it was well done. It it was a very important scene, I think, because Duke realized his deception was really good. Mm-hmm. And Audrey realized, you know, she should have probably given him a chance. Yeah, yeah. And I think both of them uh, needed that moment. Mm-hmm. Because, honestly, I, too, when I first saw it, was like, what's Duke doing? Is he that desperate? That he's going to, you know, help out the Rev of all people. Yeah. And so it's it's very confusing. Right. Um, but a fantastic moment. And, you know, given everything. And we also learn a camping a tip, you know, about starting a fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is it? Weeds and uh, dried grass and cow dung. Yes. <laughs> Which, hey, if you're ever going camping, keep that in mind. If you're out where there have been cows or whatnot. <laughs> you know, the more you know people, the more you know. Life tips from Haven. There you go. And then, you know, everybody splits up, of course. Because right. the one thing you don't want to do is the one thing everybody does. Right, but I liked in that scene, you know, Duke kind of runs, they all split off. Duke runs off and Nathan says Duke's going to get himself killed. And I kind of saw that Nathan was going out to kind of help Duke and find Duke so that Duke doesn't get himself killed. I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. I think that's exactly what happened. Um, but as you know, it was dark. People were running around. Nobody saw who was going where. So Nathan didn't find Duke. He found uh, Amelia's sister. Uh, he found Sophie and um, the other girl. I can't think of her name. Mm. The two sisters. Which, um, as an aside, what a good job the casting did on uh, these three gals, these three girls. They did resemble each other, and I totally bought that they were sisters. Yes, and why can't I? I'm, I'm blanking on her name. Frankie? Is that Frankie? Yeah, maybe that's it. Good job, Amy. I think it's Frankie. Um, well, you know, they did a great job. And, you know, it's not easy playing a cannibal. And the <laughs> fact that he finds them and he's trying to take care of them. And then Audrey goes after Nathan. Yeah, she's trying to find Nathan. Okay, so let's... This is not a... Duke versus Nathan versus shipper war or anything. But fact was, Audrey went into the woods calling Nathan's name. Right. Didn't see him. Runs into the Rev and is like, where is he? And she is adamant. She wanted an answer. Yeah. Well, she doesn't trust the Rev, you know? This is what I'm saying about the whole all gloves are off. She was like, where is he? Yeah. And where is Nathan? He just walks off. I got to give it to the Rev. He's like not scared of her. Like whatever i'm out yeah and nathan scared her to death she was freaked when he grabbed her you kind of puzzled me it's like why did he grab her like that and then i'm thinking is that what you're that's what you're talking about right yeah yeah Yeah. then i'm thinking well he didn't want to startle her he didn't want her to make any noise or like you just said screams he didn't want to scare and alert you know the rev and his men to where they were and i think that's it because they now That's have the a new mission. I could come to you on that one. I think that was it. I think he was trying to prevent the others from finding out about Sophie and Frankie. Right. Because of what was going on and what he knew about it. 
And, you know, he wanted to get Audrey because of her tendency to be able to help the troubled people. Yes, and he had to get her quietly without Audrey making any noise. So that's why Nathan kind of, you know, grabs her and cups his, his hand yeah. over her mouth so she can't make him scream. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they everything's happening, and so they move forward. And Amelia takes the Rev, or it might have been Rory, but anyway, the Rev is gone. Yes, Rory, Rory captures the Rev for Amelia so Amelia can eat him. And I just want to say, what a nice boyfriend Rory is. You know, instead of bringing his girlfriend flowers, he kills serial killers for her and captures men so she can eat them. Right. Yeah. You know, what a, what a giving guy. He just gives till it hurts. <laughs> we should all be so lucky. People have some higher standards. There you go. I'm just going to put that out there and leave it at that. Um, or, you know, I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, so, you know, I have to give it to Amelia. You're You're struggling with this right? You don't know that your sisters are out there trying to find you. Right. You don't know what's going on. You only know the Rev is there. You're hungry. You're starving. And you want to eat. Yeah, You want to eat him? She does lick his blood. She takes her finger on his right. neck and eats it. I'm like, seriously? Oh my gosh, this is so gross. I gotta give her credit for fighting that pull, urge. that yeah. urge, and actually, you know, she um, lets him go. Right, right. Which uh, is which is a haven thing that a lot of the episodes do. They show us how our uh, the troubled struggle with mm -hmm. their trouble, how it is a curse to them. Yeah, um, and some of them use it to their advantage. We've seen that in these episodes, like in um, uh, Fear and Loathing, or I'm sure in there's other episodes post Wendigo. Some people use the trouble to their advantage, but some people do struggle with it and fight it. Yeah, and it does ruin their lives. Mm-hmm. But yes. and, and yeah, this here. her struggle, she was able to overcome it. And, and it doesn't mean it was easy or anything like that. Um, but she she did and almost to her regret, because what does the Rev do? Well, he turns around and tries to kill her, pulls a knife on her and says, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. You know, something to that effect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's like the song in the Wicked um, musical. No good deed goes unpunished. This poor child is about to be killed. And what does Audrey do? Well, let's go. What the Rev says to Amelia, you know, evil yeah. always rises to the surface. That's why you got to cut it off where it lives, right? And they all then, this is right about the time when Nathan and Audrey and um, Frankie are arriving on the scene, and Audrey sees this. And to your question, what does Audrey do? She ends it. She kills the dude. She kills the Rev. Doesn't hesitate. No, because she was defending that little girl. And it's interesting. It, hey, so I'm really glad you, you said that quote. Um, that evil always rises to the surface. Yeah. Because it comes another context with the whole Mara thing, right? Ooh. If you think about that. And also, it's interesting because Nathan didn't shoot. Mm-hmm. And this is, a, this is a very interesting uh, point because Audrey shot. I can't remember if Nathan had his gun out or not. I'm sure he did. They were in the woods chasing a serial killer, so. <laughs> well, the, the question is... You know, she does it, and Duke, the questions come. She faces the inquiry, of course, she's cleared, but the question is going to be there. Why didn't you do, why didn't you shoot his leg? Yeah, you were aiming for his shoulder. You were aiming for his leg, yes. And Nathan, in the moment, right there after she kills him, he's kind of wonders himself, but he does say, uh, you know, it was a proper kill. End of story. And he's not wrong. I mean, f from my knowledge, uh, law enforcement are trained you know, to 
use deadly force, but they can't just shoot and let them continue, you know, right. Moving about. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So at the same time, it's, it was a proper kill. Cause what yeah, if right. you shoot him in the arm and then she, he ends up killing her, falls into her with the knife. There, there are those things, but you know, it's that moment also that Duke turns Mm-hmm. And I I don't think it's Duke turning on her. I think it's Duke realizing roadblock. Oh, absolutely. It's just his um, his total frustration. He came so close to finding out the keys for himself, mm-hmm. what he needed to know about his legacy. And um, so, of course, he's going to vent his anger at Audrey in that moment. And I think Audrey got it from multiple sides in that, you know, she got it from Duke. Mm-hmm. She probably was also throwing it upon herself. And then, you know, Nathan not necessarily verbalizing anything to her. Because that last scene is Audrey going to Nathan, but he doesn't really say anything. There's no there's no conversation going on. Absolutely. They're just kind of looking at each other like, what just happened? Oh, my goodness. Right. And not to go too much into business as usual, but, you know, she does say at one point, you know, you haven't really said anything about what you think of what I did. Yes. And yeah. so it's, you know, that's probably bothering her also. And so she's also adrenaline pumping. I've done all this. What just happened kind of. But Audrey being Audrey, she's not going to apologize for it. No, I think I think Audrey was a little. I don't think Audrey necessarily felt good that she killed a person. But as Audrey herself said, she did what she had to do. And she will suffer the consequences if it comes to that. Or she'll stand her ground and defend herself. Um but yeah, that end scene was kind of both of them like dealing with what just happened and they just standing there not saying anything. Well, I think it also was um, not just what just happened, but I think they both realized, Nathan more so probably, that this just changed the game. Yes. Yes. And I don't know what the game is anymore because mm-hmm. uh, Nathan, I think more so because I think he's more into the, the heart of what's going on in Haven and the way the tides are and who's on the rev side versus Audrey knowing understands that this is a big deal. Oh, yeah, especially because uh, you're right. Nathan's been in Haven, you know, his whole life. And Audrey, Audrey's only been here maybe six months or whatnot, or, Mm -hmm. you know, six months or so. Um, So Nathan does have a lot more background in that regard. And it's going to be interesting. And the one thing we did not talk about, um, which let's talk about right now, is Dwight. Yeah, I wanted to mention him. This is a big Dwight episode. Um, we learned a little bit more about him. We know he's kind of he kind of plays the hero in this episode, or I say he does play the hero. He is a hero. Yeah, I love Dwight. He, we learned and, a lot about him. Yeah, he shows up because um, you know his daughter would have been nine, and he doesn't want another child to die, so he wants to help in the search. Even though he's a bullet magnet, he doesn't care. Um, he's got his crossbow, not a gun, but he's willing to risk his own life uh, because a kid is missing and he wants to help. Mm-hmm. And then when he saves little Sophie, he picks her up and carries her through the woods and he gets stuck in the bear trap and manages to get out of that and gets her to safety and uh, helps her. Um, yeah, he's just our hero through and through in this episode. And everything that he does, meaning how he knows that there's a, um, a cow place or... A slaughterhouse. Well, the slaughterhouse. He slaughterhouse yeah. that he can go to. You know, yeah. it just goes shows the the lengths that Dwight will go to clean up and help someone. Right, and he the, takes them, he takes the girls to the slaughterhouse. Yes, because his job is the cleaner. Prior to going to the doctor to getting his leg checked from yep. being caught in the bear trap. Yep. Yes. And okay, so now now we know a little bit more, right, about 
these characters. So looking back, like revisiting this moment, Vince, knowing he's the head of the guard, yeah. knowing what happened with Dwight, Lizzie, and how Lizzie died. Yes. Right? Right. And it's interesting. Yeah, you know, Vince knows all, and we're now as we're revisiting, we know he knows so much more than when we first watched this episode. And Dwight had no idea that Vince was head of the guard. I think he knew that Vince was a part of the guard. Didn't know he was head of the guard, I think. Yeah. Right? Because I think in um, the season three finale, he says it makes a lot of sense or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so here, the fact that Vince is so, you know, what are you doing here? Are you sure this isn't you guilt, you know, trying to kill yourself as a suicide? You know, it. Yeah, you're tempting fate. Yeah. I'm wondering if, if... Vince has put it upon himself, given what has happened to Lizzie, out of guilt. You know, I think he cares about everyone in Haven, but I wonder if he's given extra care to Dwight because of his role in what has happened. That could be. And we know um, in later episodes, we see like in season four that, you know, Dwight and Vince are kind of good buds. Well, if that's the right term, you know, Vince made Dwight police chief. and Well, they're able to work together. Yeah. And Dwight feels he owes Vince some, you know, because Vince um, has helped him with some things and. Yeah, so I think we. It, this is just kind of the beginning of what we see of Dwight and Vince, and it does play out a little more through seasons uh, three and four. Mm-hmm. And so all of this together, the things we learned about Dwight, the way Audrey was acting throughout the episode, her, what Duke has gone through, right? Because he also has gone through this machine. He's trying to figure out the keys to his past and whatnot. And we learned the lengths he'll go to. Mm-hmm. And... Also with Nathan and what he's trying to do in trying to manage the peace with everyone. Um, yes. All this together kind of is why I like this episode. And for those Naudry shippers, there are moments. There yes, are moments. There are. And right. for those who are uh, Duke Audrey shippers, you have the fire, fire, scene. fire scene. You have the fire scene. And so I think this was a great episode because it has so many of our favorite characters together. All of that is why I... It's not my favorite episode, but it is in the top ten. Very nice. I like that. See, to me, this is like the I think the creepiest. I mean, after this episode aired and I finished watching it, I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, there's like Amelia eating people and little Sophie with blood all over her face and smelling the blood and being attracted <laughs> to eating people and oh, it's just so weird. Like so cannibalism. I kind of feel guilty a little bit because it's in my top 10 because of the cannibalism. However, I look past the trouble and I think it was focused more on the outside of the trouble. Which is what a great show does and which what Haven does so often so successfully is, you know, they, they give us the quote trouble of the week, but a lot of times it's not always about that. It's all the other stuff that comes forth. Right. And even though there is a trouble of the week, um, the other stuff had, takes the forefront. And right. I think they do a great job. Yeah, and another way to do that that the writers also excel at is uh, making the trouble of the week speak to what our characters are going through, which actually happened in this episode as well. Um, you know, the trouble of the re- week brings up to light issues that our characters are going through. Well, I think, okay, really quick on that, right? Cannibalism, not necessarily something that's controllable for them, mm-hmm. right? They want It goes against their nature. They want to eat their kind. Yeah. It's it's kind of interesting how, you know, with the troubles and what the Rev is trying to do and how he's using 
trying to use Duke because that's the Rev's Rev has an angle and it's I want to use Duke now. Oh yeah, like I used his father. Yeah, you know, yeah. A troubled person ending other troubled people. Mm-hmm. Cannibals are humans eating other humans. Yeah, so, there's there's that parallel exactly. Yeah. Haven does it, people. Haven does it, and uh, they do a great job of of finding these parallels and different ways of looking at it. Sometimes, you know, there's more to it than we expect, and sometimes we read into it more than there is. But yeah. it's fun to dissect. That's the fun of it, and we could talk. We could talk for another hour on just this episode, as we could with any Haven <laughs> episode. But you know, that's some of the highlights that we we touched on here. So absolutely, and if uh, anyone wants to know the next episode, which Hopefully it will be in the next week, barring any other injuries in my life. Uh, it's going to be Stay, which is season three, episode two, right? Yep. And we're going to talk about that because I think uh, when Amy and I were trying to figure out what the next episode should be, we kind of did a couple episodes from one, a couple episodes from two, and we wanted to do a couple episodes from three, but the key was this is the episode where we start talking about the barn and the Colorado kid. Yes. And uh, we're going we're gonna to kind of talk about that. So... If you have any thoughts feel free to message us on twitter leave us a comment on the website or what have you sounds good thank you everyone for listening y'all have a great day this is revisiting haven